Content. Technically, this is all content. It's just not the content that I want. Because they're cheap and right. yummy. This is this is the price well, you pay for inviting us to do this. Mash well, them, stash them, put them in a stew, get them goyim beans. I'm not letting them talk. I usually get pinto beans, like when I go to. Oh, cool! Like I didn't really ask something. for your fucking opinion, but <laughs> well, you right. were talking about you were talking about beans, and I wanted yeah, to give my thoughts. Yeah, I'm only thought. here for Dragon Ball. I'm not here for beans. I talk. run the podcast. I run the podcast. We'll talk this about my bean preferences. Episode 29 of Super Dragon Ball <laughs> Fun Times, the podcast. <laughs> Lead us in! Which episode number is this? 13? This 29. is 12. This is 12. 12? Okay. <laughs> Alright, everybody shut up. God, okay, now I can't do it. <laughs> do you want me to do it? Do you want me to no, lead us in? No, no, shut up. Shut we up, gave shut him up. one job. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Alright. Hello and welcome, everyone, to the 12th episode of the World's Strongest Podcast. I am your host, Zach, and these are my co-hosts, Chase. Hey. And Thomas. Pinto beans are delicious on a burrito. Well, that's, that's objectively that false, that's but we're not here to talk about that. Whoa, wait, wait, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Do you say beans on a burrito are not good? I refuse to elaborate. Wait, no, okay. hold on. Are this you an anti-beans on burrito it- thing? Because that's, like, wrong. <laughs> to the silence. Yeah, I think he was, is refusing to elaborate. He's scared. He knows we have him. Well, I know something we can elaborate on instead. And that's episodes 29, 30, and 31 of Dragon Ball. The filler what? episodes. Yay! Well, I would say one of them is filler, and then two of them are the beginning of a new arc. Yeah, but they're like technically not from the manga, is what I'm saying. But they do start the arc. So I guess yeah, they are yeah, technically yeah. filler by yeah. the definition that they're not from the manga, but anyway. But, but there's we, something we're going here to on. discuss if yeah. they're worth it. Yeah, it's that's yeah. our job as um, Dragon Ball connoisseurs, people who <laughs> waft the smell of that stinky, stinky ball into your direction to see if it's worthy of the taste. Don't, don't ever like. slander me like that again. I feel I'm, like that was the perfect description for our show I've created. And it felt good. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm updating all of our descriptions on all <laughs> <Yeah>. the websites. <laughs> God. God. All right, I'm, I'm just going to get us past this by going episode 29, The Roaming Lake. It's like, just right up there, right up top, you know what this episode's going to be about. Um... So the gang is now like not the roaming lake, (laughs) but it's spoilers. Spoilers. So the gang leaves South City, where the tournament, you know, it's it's done. It's now behind them, and while they're ready to head arena, yeah, they just (laughs) pan over the arena, and the building is in shambles, and the ring's not looking much better. Yeah, Goku and Master Roshi really did a number on this place. Like, they just completely trashed the whole arena. It's kind of great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But Goku and Krillin are like immediately, let's get back into training. Let's do this. And Roshi's like, um, let's take a break. <laughs> let's, let's just take a fiver. We've been doing this so, for six months. For the love of God, you need a break. He's like, I want to get horny. That is what, in fact, he wants to do, because it is still Master Roshi. Yeah. 
but Goku's like, well, I'm going to go find the four-star Dragon Ball by myself because my grandpa's in it. Um, but it really, it really does like, blur the line between understanding if that's actually his grandpa or it's not in these coming episodes. It really seems to be like a line-by-line -line basis if he knows or not. Um, but Roshi wants like Krillin to go with Goku. Krillin's like, I want to get a head start on training so I can maybe beat up Goku. Uh, Roshi says, and I quote, he's cramping his style. <laughs> That's yeah. fair. Basically yeah. tells it to piss off and go get a hotel room for the next week. Yeah, because he just wants to go spend time with Launch alone. Um, and he's like real pissed one. that he lost the money because apparently he was just going to buy a fancy dinner for the two of them. Which I was like, yeah, that seems about right. That seems alone about what Roshi would want to do. On his island, yeah. where she can't yeah, say the, no because of the implication. The, <laughs> yeah. The implications. That's Roshi, what it feels like watching Master honestly, Roshi discuss like, anything. Roshi is really the Dennis of this show. <laughs> really is, yeah. though. Yeah. And well, like, he's, he's a less competent Dennis, because even though Dennis, like most people and It's Always Sunny, aren't competent, Roshi is anime incompetent, which means he's should have died 15 years ago. Dennis at least well, has sex every now and then. Roshi definitely does not. Terrifying as that thought is, Dennis you is are correct. Hyper competent at things that are terrifying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the better way to put it, Gal. Yeah, I just watched like I, I've been watching season fourteen recently. Not the most recent season, but the season before that. And yeah, oh, like, man, there's a lot of that, aren't they? there's a lot of terrifying Dennisisms in that season. It's <laughs> jeez, it's unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, Bulma and Yamcha are just like, we're going to take a drive across the desert, which like, wonder how that's going to turn out. As one uh, does. Goku is baffled by the concept of a suitcase in this scene. I really have to point this out. He's like, so that thing has all my stuff in it. It's like, you, did you not pack it? Did you not watch him pack it? He definitely did not yeah. pack it. He, he definitely didn't with this revelation, but like. The suitcase has been around since the start of the tournament. Why is he asking this question now? Maybe he thought there was food in it. <laughs> well, anyway, he gets his stuff out of uh, he gets his stuff out of the suitcase and he bundles it up like in the he has like a stick with like the bundle on or no he just has the bundle. I don't think he has a stick. No, he just has the bundle. Just like uh, a, I just wish, like think nineteen twenties like hobo on a train, but you know without the stick, it's just the pouch. I wish he just used the power pole as the stick. That would have been great. Well, he does, right? Like, that's what... he Doesn't he eventually do that? I think he does maybe later, but, like, not maybe. right away. And it should have just been right out the gate. <laughs> I agree. Come on, Akira Toriyama. What yeah, are you get doing? your fucking shit together. <laughs> I guess Dumbass. this is filler, so technically he didn't draw it, but... Yeah, I fucking whatever. hate him. I, yeah. you, get to, you live another day. I do love Krillin's, like... This one time... <laughs> I do love, right after this, he's, like, hopping on the Nimbus. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go now. Thanks for the radar. Like, Bulma gives him the dragon radar to hunt it. Um, and Krillin's like, I'll come with. And then Goku's like, you can't ride the Nimbus. And he's like, I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> Just, yeah. That was all it took. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he you're right. He is large baby, and I love him, but he is large baby. He is large baby. <laughs> I also do like, you know, he's he's gonna go find the Dragon Balls, right? Mm -hmm. Dragon and, Ball, um, Dragon Ball. He wants to see, he wants the four star. 
And he just goes, Krillin's like, what's that? He goes, it's a magical ball my grandfather gave me. And Krillin's only response is, oh. That makes <laughs> right. sense. This is, this is Krillin's <laughs> introduction to the concept of Dragon Balls. This no tracks. one goes anywhere further to try to help him on this one. He just goes, oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works. Well, that makes sense. I'm still just kind of baffled by, like, uh, Goku says he's going to go find the ball, and Bulma and Yamcha and all their friends are like, what? Are you sure? You want to do it so soon? I'm like, it's been a year, guys. How soon yeah, they're is active. too soon on this? <laughs> we'll <is>. find out. <laughs> on the next. <laughs> it is very funny. <laughs> no one even attempts to explain that concept to him or that like nobody cares that it's been a full year. Like there's so much happening. <laughs> but Goku hops up with the dragon radar, flies off, and Yamcha kind of feels bad for letting him go alone. But everyone else is just like, "Ah, it's Goku. He just he just punched a man through a wall." Yeah, it is strange. They're like, man, yeah. something bad could happen to Goku, and I'm like, Goku won, almost won the tournament. Like, he's one of in this world considered right now one of the strongest humans alive. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, any, if anybody's qualified considered. on their own, well, eh, maybe not. But you know, he's not gonna die. He's considered yeah. human right now. <laughs> dun dun hmm. dun. Yeah, he's not. He's not human. He's an alien to all the people. Like, I don't think anybody listening to this has not at least heard of Dragon Ball Z. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Z never met him. Uh, so now we have Yamcha, Bulma, Poir, and Oolong on the road, with Bulma complaining about Yamcha's driving. She's Fair. just yeah. Bulma's just mad in this scene, like just super mad. And Poir and Oolong are giving the, like, I hate when mom and dad fight routine in the backseat. They really are. They're, like, nodding. Everyone's, like, mad. And they're, like, this this shit feels bad. Yeah. It's like the kid, like, staring straight ahead, like, twitching a little bit with the ice cream in hand. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, then we go back to the city where Roshi got Krillin some ice cream. And he just is standing on a corner alone. While Roshi looks through the window at women's underwear. Straight this up went out for, for cigarettes and abandoned Krillin in the city to go yeah. some titties. And then he goes to the underwear store and he pervs on the underwear sales lady being like, yo, try some of this on so I can see how it'd look on launch. While she, he is he is actually drooling while he's doing literally this. Literally drooling. Uh, but she punches him in the face. Good. Good. I don't like, yeah, none of this part was, like, good for me. No, I'm, I'm happy a, Roshi got punched. Just... I'm sad that it happened, that any of this happened. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but at least Roshi got punched. Yeah. Fair. Then we get good, like which a... is an objectively good thing, but I hate that it yeah. keeps needing to happen. Yeah, I hate that a group of writers sat down and wrote this entire sequence. <laughs> Um, and then yeah. a group of animators all drew this entire sequence. <laughs> and then they a group of it. actors voiced this entire sequence. And then a group of people in America revoiced this entire sequence. <laughs> it all It's all... There's a lot of people this went through. A lot of people greenlit this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when we get Nam returning to his village. Okay, there's like a quick shot of Goku like flying across the sky in between these things. 
Uh, but it, it just kind of cuts to that and then cuts to Nam. Like, as if that was, like, a screen transition. Um, and his village is real sad to hear that he lost the tournament. But that's when Nam pulls out his dino caps. Which, just, he throws down his dino cap and has two enormous tankers of water inside. Which is a real good thing, because when he threw them, I half expected it to just explode into an ocean and, like, drown the village. Okay, cool. Honestly, the same exact thought. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was waiting for him to do that. Well, you want to tell him how this shit works? And he's like, here I go. Here I go. <laughs> you, just put, no! you just put water in the thing. See, the well's right over there. Have fun. And then Roshi <laughs> walked away. Yeah, Roshi never explained how dino caps function. So it's surprising they didn't just, like, throw it down there to absorb all the water or something. Like, I don't know how... <laughs> I don't know where he got the tankers from. I don't even know where he he's supposed to win any money. anything in those. There's a lot of questions, but it doesn't really matter. He got he got water for his village, and that's great. Um, the village is all celebrating. And then and he Nam... wastes half of it all over the ground. Yeah. Like, Look, guys, I've got water. And then he turns on the tap, turns around with the tap still going full blast, and has a full conversation with somebody. Well, it is still clearly running in the background. Like, oh my, this is like the this is like in Fury Road where he just has the waterfall delivering the water, and it's like there has to be a better way to distribute this, guys. Stop it! No, you're being no. wasteful. He's becoming a Morden Joe now. That's yeah. like the turn Nom's gonna take. Just, I'm just please, imagining please him tell now. Me he saying... comes back in two seasons, just going, "I will ride Eternal." Through the desert yes. and to claim Yamcha's like, desert he's bandit. He's flying cross chop through the air. <laughs> he's just like, do not become addicted to water, but like in the racist voice that he speaks yeah. in. Oh no, that uh, makes it. I don't know. That makes it worse. I've decided it makes it worse. No, that definitely makes it worse. <laughs> uh, that's what Nam tells him all about how Roshi like gave him the water and well, gave him the dino cap and then showed him where the water was. And taught him all about this. So now the village is, you know, they're drinking the water and irrigating their crops like they've been needing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but then Nam tells the elder, like, you know, it's great that we've got some water, but the river drying up is, like, really a bigger problem. <laughs> um, because now we just have water for, like, a bit. Mm -hmm. So now Nam is, like, uh, <laughs> Nam is, like, I'm going to go upstream and see if I can find out what's going on. I'm gonna go um, get what's what. Yeah, couldn't and the village like, elder tells him the story of the roaming lake. Couldn't he like? Yeah, also just go back to the city for more water. There, there's a free mm -hmm. well right there. He's he's still got I mean, the Dyna capsule. Fair, but this is like the like you know, giving a man a fish versus teaching a man to fish kind of argument, where it's I like guess. they can keep just like putting a bandaid on the problem, or they can go solve. The problem that leads to the well, problem. I mean, even with I mean, even with the river, they still needed water like every like every summer. This was a regular Fair. thing. Fair. So fixing the river isn't gonna fix everything. You just need a you just need a bus pass. Or will it? Let's so, find, let's find out. out. <laughs> so the village elder tells Nam the story of the roaming lake. That's where the title comes from. It's a lake that just, like, showed up at a village, just out of nowhere, sustained it, and then left. And so Nam's like, I gotta find this lake and lead it to the village. So, um, like, hell of a plan. It's a big plan. Because, like, nothing about the story hints that he could 
deliberately lead it. It just sort of happens. He's like, I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> That's when Na- now we have like Nam's out in the desert and he gets attacked by a pterodactyl, which like there's a lot of pterodactyls in this world. <laughs> Specifically pterodactyls. There's like one T-Rex and then a fuck ton of pterodactyls. That all talk. Uh that's when he dodges it and does his aerial bombardment attack, uh, but misses because the pterodactyl can fly because yeah, it has like, wings. Uh-huh, good one, idiot. <laughs> and now he talks and is going to eat Nam. And it's like the same voice as the tarot that was messing with Bulma earlier. So I don't know if this is supposed to be the same pterodactyl or not. You know what's super fucked up about this? Nam losing to this. <laughs> Well, he just has terrible concentration. Like, he goes up and does, like, the skydive chop thing, and then he sees the pterodactyl flying up towards him. That completely throws him off his game, and he starts doing the, oh, I'm falling thing, and tries to swim through the air again. Yeah. So, really, he just has a concentration problem. He needs to follow through. Yeah, when Nam lands the hits, they're big hits. But he's really bad I'm really at landing mad that he, the hits. that he failed. Yeah, I'm just mad that he failed. Yeah, considering <laughs> he was, like, one of the top four in the world if the yeah. Budokai Tenkaichi tournament is to be assessed. That just means the pterodactyl's number three. <laughs> yeah, this pterodactyl's real fucking good then. Yeah, this that probably makes me more mad. That this pterodactyl is so strong. <laughs> yeah, yes. we didn't see him in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, why didn't he fight? They obviously <laughs> allowed This show fucking doesn't make any sense! This is filler! <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that is when like he gets grabbed and he just starts flying off with Nam. Just Nam is completely taken down at this point. So that's when we cut to Goku flying through the sky on the Nimbus, seeing a lake in the distance and decides to stop and take a dip. Um and then like as he's just kind of chilling in the lake, he sees and hears Nam in the arms of the tarot and he's just like Nam is talking some mad shit to this pterodactyl during this part, but is completely ineffectual. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's really talking game, but he is unable to do anything. And Goku's like, hey, it's Nam! Like, that's the only thing that registers in his head, it seems. Like, he's just like, oh, cool, I like that guy. I should and go talk gets, to him. Yeah, so he jumps on the Nimbus, um, flying up to him. And the first thing he does, he's just like, hey... Let go. <laughs> to which the the pterodactyl says, this is not a taxi service. Uh, I love that which, he knows what a taxi is. And I also love was, just how nonchalant Nam is when Goku shows up. He's just, yeah. Goku, Goku flies up and he's just like, oh, hey, Goku. Yeah, he's like, hey, Goku, of course you're here. And I, do, <laughs> just, I, I did write, how does he know that? <laughs> like, how does he know what that is? <laughs> like, a taxi service. <laughs> Look, he's been around the world. It's a very worldly, worldly pterodactyl. Oh, yeah. But now he's, like, thinking about eating Goku. Pterodactyl's like, oh, I might have room for dessert. Ha ha. And that's when Goku just clocks him with the power pole. <laughs> yeah, it's very much uh, like, yeah, I'll just, I'll beat him up for you, Nom. It's like, <laughs> I, I got this. And just clocks him and grabs Nom before he hits the ground. Calls him a um, bad bird. Which, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> he is not. But I do want to point out, Nam can ride the Nimbus. Yeah, Nam is no, pure yep. of heart. That makes it sense. Doesn't, it doesn't surprise me at all, but I just yep. wanted to point that out. 
Because Nam is just totally able to sit on it, unlike that dastardly impure Krillin. <laughs> That's just true, though. I don't. I wouldn't trust a fucking Krillin as far as I could throw him. No, and you could probably throw him pretty far. He is yeah, rather he's really small. Light. <laughs> it's the, no uh, the nose isn't wearing him, weighing him down. I did point out Goku immediately crotch pats Nam. Which yeah, sexual assault Goku's back. Yeah, it's like we've gotten away him. from that for a while, and I was so happy. I'm just, I'm just sitting here going, how is this a good enough bit to just keep going? Yeah, I agree. This <laughs> is like, the Master Roshi bit, where this is like, I I can almost be like, this is older, so I'll like be like, whatever. But even, I don't even know if it's even that old enough to get away with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. real bad. It's not good. It's sort no, of like, no, um, no. what's it called? Fan service and anime, where I'm like, we have evolved past the need for fan service. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the art form is beyond this. We can. We There's can stop enough tie out there. We can just <laughs> yeah. let them have their The internet world. exists. We can accept yeah. the existence of There are better art Let them have their fun. Yeah. God. But I do love, like,. After he does it, he's like, you can pat me too if you want to see that I'm a boy. And Nam's like, uh, no, we we shake hands in our Every village. Every single one of us. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we all just shake hands. We're not weirdos, Goku. I don't understand why you are. Yeah. I don't get who taught you this. Yeah, who hurt you, Goku? Yeah. <laughs> and now we cut back to Oolong and Co., are leaning against the car yeah, in the middle of the desert, all worn out, and Bulma being like, man, I wish we'd packed gas. <laughs> it's like, fair, they have capsules that can contain an infinite amount of things. Are you saying they're dumb as fuck? And we know she has, she has a briefcase with a helicopter capsule in it. I don't know if she brought it, but it's a thing that she owns. <laughs> I think she forgot. <laughs> Pro she probably just didn't bring it, but I mean, come on. <laughs> that is a pretty common occurrence in this show that Bulma just forgets to bring her dino caps. Well, she would be the most broken character otherwise. Yeah, my this face when I forget to bring dino caps. <laughs> <laughs> that was when Bulma's like, Oolong, turn into an umbrella. Which, like, what the fuck? Y'all can just, like, get in a car. No, it's hot in the car, though. <laughs> No, the car's hot. Just roll down the windows. In Topeka. I know. All right. I'm not allowing this for moving on. <laughs> but I do Sam love... scared him. <laughs> I do love that in this bit, like, Bulba's, like, turned into an umbrella, and Poir immediately starts talking shit to Oolong. <laughs> it is like, incredible how much everyone's like, yeah, fuck you, Oolong, and, like... <laughs> It's almost like everyone's just like, yeah, uh, this Oolong guy. I mean, it's true. I also don't like Oolong. So I'm like, yeah, fuck him up, Poir. That's me saying fuck him up to Oolong in the background. To Poir uh, in the background, you mean? No, I'm Take agree with Poir. I'm like, you do it. It's like when Socrates messes a guy up and there's this friend in the background, Steve. He's like, yeah, get him, Socrates. I'm that for Poir. <laughs> I remember um, that I, in uh, world yeah. history. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> And Steve just dared him to drink a thing of hemlock, and Socrates is like, nah, dog, watch this. And Jug Chuck, oh, shit, died. That's the yeah. real reason Socrates died, kids. Steve yeah, was, was super cool. Yeah, Steve was part of the deep state. <laughs> God. What if? What if? What if the deep state killed Socrates? 
Yeah. Well, you're not wrong, I guess, but... <laughs> but we're also never right. <laughs> and that's our slogan. <laughs> yeah, Poir immediately goes into roast mode on Oolong. Just being like, well, you got expelled, so... In the first semester... In the first semester, by the way, every time for we hear stealing. about... Yeah, for yeah. stealing the teacher's papers. It's like, every time we've heard about Oolong's experience in... Like shape-shifting school, which it's still funny as hell that there is an official shape-shifting school. I love that it school. came back. Somebody, ma- yeah. somebody remembered they mentioned that in the first season and then came back to it. How could yeah. you forget? But every time it comes up, like the story gets more pathetic for Oolong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just, I just lo- see where he wound up in the middle of nowhere, kidnapping small girls who he didn't even want and refused to take back to their home. The easiest solution. There's a well, lot of a questions. Moron. There's a lot of questions with what Oolong is doing with his life. But man, I love this bit. And Poir is just brutal. (laughs) So Oolong walks up, turns into an umbrella. Poir turns into a fan. And then something about, like, baking in the sun. Like, Oolong says a line along the lines of, yeah, baking in the sun, that's fun. Which is like a play on words, and I enjoyed it. (laughs) It's funny because he's a pig. Yeah. And he's also baking in the sun, but he's baking in the sun. Yes, you see, it's because... <laughs> yeah, let thanks. me keep explaining this joke. Hold yeah, on. Thanks. Let's, uh, let's yeah, stop let's get the, back let's, to it. Let's stop the rest of the episode. I don't think we're going to get to the other two. Uh, no. <laughs> but no. Uh, Nam and Goku are now following like the dried riverbed, arriving at an area of just like a whole bunch of water. And they now see the, that the now, lake is... Just one second. The narrator is narrating all of this. Like yes, before true. the narr- like in previous episodes, the narrator comes in at the beginning to give us a short little recap and comes in at the end to give us the next time on Dragon Ball. But in this episode, he speaks up a lot. Like, I'm pretty sure when he's like going out to the desert, he's talking. When they're going to- down the river, he's talking. It just feels kind of like a lot of padding. Yeah. A lot, a lot the, of, a lots would, of telling, I would describe it as a lot of padding. Yeah. Yeah, the narrator. As in, sh- I would describe this as filler. I mean, you're right, but you know, there's good Thank filler, and there's bad filler. This is oh yeah, filler. no, we are we are agreeing in that at least. Yeah, and this is like the narrator shows up a lot more in these couple episodes than he has in a lot of the past episodes. I did notice. Uh, yeah, he usually it would just be at the beginning and end of like the tournament arc episodes, if even. Mm-hmm. Um, almost always, at least the beginning to just do like a really. Like quick shot Brief recap, recap. In, case, in case you missed us last week. Yeah. yeah, last time on Dragon Ball. I mean, that makes sense if you're watching it week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were watching these back to back usually, um, or at least yeah. I'm usually I'm not, watching them back to back. And I'm not complaining about the narrator. I like I like him. I think it's a good addition for a weekly uh, show. It's just weird how much he's talking during all of this. Yeah, it is kind of strange considering that like. You know, that he wasn't talking during all of this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the Anywho, lake... That was my two cents. Yeah. Behind the dam, there's like a lake. And in the lake, there's just a bunch of pterodactyls, like, playing in the water with each other. Um, Please, they're not pterodactyls. They're gearins? They're gearins. That is name That's of, the name of the species. No, sorry, it's, it's giras. And then giras. a gearin is the big boy. Yeah. That's when Nam decides that he has to go speak to the managers. <laughs> I can't believe and, Nom was Karen all along. 
I had my suspicions. We finally see uh, the final for, form. Yeah. Looks like <laughs> look, guys, it's not really an Indian. It's a white person doing an Indian impression. And it's uh, me Shit, pulling the oh, mask no. off. It's me pulling the mask off like Scooby Doo. <laughs> Yeah, it's all racist. <laughs> from from the top down. <laughs> but that's when he goes up to him and he's just like, hey, open the dam. And they're just like, I want money to open the dam. Which, like, how do they have a concept of money? Like, there's just so many questions I have about these dinosaurs. Like, you think that dam maintenance pays for itself? No, they gotta pay. Mm. They gotta work crew. They gotta find the material. They gotta feed their families, which you think they can farm? No. They gotta go buy the meat or pay off the farmers who keep, after they keep eating all of their flock. There's a whole dinosaur economy that you're not thinking of here, Thomas. You're right. You're right. I wasn't thinking about dinosaur capitalism. Exactly. And that would be your first mistake. (laughs) Because just like Scooby Doo, the real villain of this episode is capitalism. Yeah, can we talk about the nightmare world that Scooby-Doo exists in where so many different people have to resort to dressing up as specters and creepers and other things in order to make any amount of money? Or do you think that the world has moved past them and they're too afraid to follow it? <laughs> oh, shit. Scooby-Doo is actually the communist utopian future. We're all crave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your dastardly plot to attain personal wealth and put down the proletariat won't work here, says Fred. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't don't trust Fred. He wears an ascot. No man That's who wears true. an ascot is a comrade. <laughs> you lie. The ascot is the sign of the bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> and you will know the mark of the beast, for he wears an ascot. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. That, was, that, that, was that one, that's it. That's an end we're done. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. I can't move past that. <laughs> I do love. So, Nom. Meanwhile, back right. at the plot. Coming together. Coming together. Nom now gets back, down. Nom gets down on like hands and knees and starts begging the managers to open it up. And he's like, my village is poor. We can't pay you. Uh, but they just tell him to let his people drink the sand, which, like, sand is a solid. That's not possible. That was a um, fucking dick move, but incredibly powerful. Yeah, they're, they're going for a let them eat cake, and I feel like there's a better line there somewhere, but I'm not clever I think they're just it. assholes. They're just like, cool, if there's no water, then drink the sand. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> He's like, he really just said, get fucked, and then, like, did the jack-off motion at him, and <laughs> Nam took it. Well... He took that, but then the guy goes to, like, kick him, uh, and then Nom, like, grabs his leg and flips him. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. there we go. There we go. Go Nom. Uh, and that's when Goku steps in, and he's like, y'all gotta go through me. Yeah, who's just uh, been then- sitting there smiling, watching this happen this entire time up till now. Yeah, Goku's just here. Yeah, Goku's just being a happy boy. <laughs> but now, when they start beating up Nom, that's when he steps in. That's what I have to come forward. Because now Goku gets to punch. Um, and so they all go at Goku, and Goku immediately floors all of them. Yep. All of them. And they're like, whoa, what the heck? And that's when Girin shows up. Uh, apparently this is his home. And he, like, readily admits to the people around him that are like, hey, help us beat up this guy. He's like, this is the guy that beat me in the tournament. You're on <laughs> your like, own, fuck, buddy. Fuck that shit. Yeah, which... <laughs> 
like, yeah, big on Gira to just be like, yo, I got beat up by this kid immediately. <laughs> this kid uh, rocked my world. Yeah. So he's like, show some respect to this kid. And so Giran's like, you know, I'd be happy to open the dam. Like, Good on Giran. Um, but it's held together with merry-go-round gum and is therefore unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know. Yeah, merry-go-round gum. I know what this is and is obviously very powerful. Well, we all know that because it was yeah. never broken before. Wait a sec, I remember Goku specifically breaking this. <laughs> oh, I wonder who breaks the dam this time. Oh, Wait. no. Hold on, hold on. Was merry-go-round gum a thing that was in an earlier episode that I just forgot about? Yeah, Mur- he had spat his, at Goku. Giren's, that's Giren's big move, remember? He was like, merry-go-gum gum. Gum, Through, gum, he, no. he spat the merry-go-round uh, right. gum at Goku and then just yeeted him out of the arena. I forgot. Yeah, it, it had the merry-go-round gum. I forgot that it was called that. That how did I blank on that? Because you forget you don't. You're not a Dragon Ball fan. There you go. Got it. Found out the way to make that sound meaner. <laughs> Got it in one. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I hate Ball. and time. <laughs> uh, but. So it's like, yo, I can't break it. Uh, what a silly name. And then Goku is like, yeah, I can break it. And you know what? Yeah. Yeah, he can. Uh, Giren seems a little skeptical, but not like super skeptical. Giren's like, I don't know. But in that kind of like, uh, I mean, I just got my ass handed to me by this kid. So like maybe. 50-50 shot. Um, yeah. So Goku goes down to the base of the dam and Kamehameha's it, and sure enough, dam breaks, water flows. And all the taros. Yeah, all the pterodactyls, real impressed. Nam, super thankful. And Goku's or Giren's like, Goku, you're amazing. <laughs> just like this is a nice little moment. Everyone's just real impressed with Goku. Uh back at Nam's village, the water flows. Like somehow that river apparently went that fast. Um I don't really and know how also much time didn't passed. like bulldoze the town because the dam yeah, breaking at that the, point would have one of the like interesting things thing is before, before this I have to point out just because it, it did blow my motherfucking mind is um they said they're like sitting there and they're like yeah 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 this stuff is weird blah 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 you know like the normal things we all hear and love um but one of them goes like yeah this dam was here before we were born right one yes, of the gears yeah. and yeah how how long do Gearuses live? Yeah, because like is this is Gear a new event. Four? <laughs> this or is has like this a... or has this drought been going on for so long and no one thought let's try to do something about it? I just That's like all. that apparently this dam is like since time immemorial, but this is also the first time they've ever had a problem with the river drying up. I don't understand. I I don't either. It's just. Well, they needed to make it sound cool, and, you know, all ancient things sound cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. <laughs> it does raise a lot of questions on how long the Girins have lived and how long this drought has been going on. Um, And the water flows, and everyone's about to celebrate with a big swim in the river until a sandstorm blows in. <gasps> yeah. The sandstorm also hits Oolong and company, which, like... <laughs> I enjoy that little connection between the two stories being like, oh, they're really not that far apart. Um, So Sandstorm hits them, Oolong, rightfully, bitches about, like, giving up all of his comfort for the gang and nobody, like, saying any kind of thanks. 
Which, like, Oolong sucks, but, like, he did turn into an umbrella. That's what I always <laughs> say. Uh, right, we have to give it to him. And then Poir once again just immediately goes into roast mode and roast him for flunking out uh, before yeah. learning how to hold a form for longer than five minutes. It's like, <laughs> fuck, Poir. You have to stop roasting this man. Poir, he's already dead. You can stop. <laughs> once roast pork for dinner. Yeah. So now they all nice. are like retreating to the car. Um, in Nam's village, everyone hunkers down for the storm. And the sand has caused the river to dry up once again. And they're all super sad. But that's when really Goku... Hates people. Yeah, for real. That's when Goku's like, hey, what about that lake I found? Um, and they see the lake. And they're like, it's the roaming lake. It's like... That's, that's the thing from the title. Yeah. <laughs> but the village is astounded to see that it's real. And they all feel great joy. There was much rejoicing. Hooray. <laughs> Oolong and Co. unearth the car and discover that they've been blown all the way back to South City where they started, which to me was very funny. <laughs> Summed up the entire episode in one gag. Yep, like, and we're back where we started. Honestly, good bit for da, me. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> but now they can get gas and extra gas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so having saved Nam in his village, Goku heads off to continue his adventure. And yeah, this episode is total filler. Uh, you really don't need it. But I do like getting Girin and Nam returning and getting to like do something outside of the tournament arc. Like, yeah, that was, they, that was nice. They were cool, but when the mid like the mid episode intermission thing went, I actually like kind of did a double take and it's like, what? It's half over. Nothing's happened yet. Mm-hmm. Because that's because it comes in right when Nam is like getting attacked gets taken by the pterodactyl like oh we're halfway through already but but nothing's happened yeah it does feel like the second act of this episode doesn't kick off until 20 minutes in yeah <laughs> yeah it's very like when someone's like oh we're done you're like oh cool do we do anything no <laughs> oh okay see you next week yeah okay guess... i'm going i'm gonna go to bed now <laughs> the only real thing we get out of this episode is goku is on his way to get the four star ball that yeah, is the only important info. That boy's out there again. Yeah. Out for blood. Leading Hunting. into, yeah, the return of the most evil person ever in Dragon Ball. In episode 30, Pilaf and the Mystery Force. Or Mysterious Finally. Force, sorry. Pilaf and the Mystery Force is a sick band name. Pilaf and the <laughs> Mysterious Force is the name of this episode. Uh, First note, Mystic Adventure, still a bop. And also for me personally, I did stretch my watch of this out a little more. Like I watched like an episode a day and I watched this episode right after I finished season one of The Terror, which is a completely different show and is very like drab and depressing. So <laughs> everything in this was needed. This whole this whole show is a much, much lighter tone instead of watching a bunch of like Englishmen starve to death. <laughs> Says their natural you. state. Yeah, a bunch of Englishmen in their national natural state. Honestly, national I said national. state. <laughs> yeah. In England. the, the uh, dying. I will say, season one of the terror is a good show. It's just very depressing and violent, but it is good. If you okay. haven't watched it yet, yeah. Here's a quick mini review in there. Yeah, hit me up with yeah. What's the what's up with the terror? 
it's don't fall for this. Stop. Move on. No. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you? No. You got me started. You got me started. This isn't was... the show. This isn't the show. This isn't the show. This isn't the show. We open on a close up of a man petting a weird bat cat thing, and putting out a cigar in his ashtray that just has like a woman of yeah, porcelain has, sticking like, out in yeah. it. It's like, damn. Compared to Pilaf, this is a whole new level of evil in like the that ten seconds. Evil ashtray. This character is dangerous ashtray. (laughs) Pilaf's like an evil dumbass who just like isn't really like competent. This character is just straight evil. And just in the the five seconds they've been on screen, they are a whole new tier of evil. (laughs) I mean, it's Uh, really hard to. It's you can really go over freaking Pilaf easily because Pilaf's evil like, is like I'm putting you in my dungeon with the big ball to chase you who's fuck like, you, you know, bye right, da- right down there Look. with doofenshmirtz at the evil level <laughs> yeah. I will never I will never forget that we had an episode of this show called the penalty is pinball because yeah. that is still the best thing that has ever happened like that was his dangerous move was doing cool pinball stuff that was his trump card <laughs> and it was honestly fantastic <laughs> Um, in stark contrast, we see Goku just, like, sailing over a canyon, having a good time. The narrator narrating the whole process here, then being like, gotta watch out for danger as he just smacks into a rock that he yeah, somehow th- did not see. I think the narrator's mocking Goku. Mm. It did kind I feel of like seem he, like he, that. Yeah, it feels like the narrator's like this fucking moron. Oh, a thousand percent the narrator is just shit-talking Goku. He's stuck watching Goku's life and his the hate for it is becoming apparent. <laughs> he has to sit there watching him make the same mistakes over and over and over again. <laughs> and he does just slam into a rock, which, like, wasn't there. Like, he was in the sky and then there's just a random rock. This is yeah. why I don't drink and drive. <laughs> Yeah, he just starts falling down until, like, eventually the Nimbus catches him. Yeah, but uh, it grabs his bag first. Yeah. It grabs his bag first, thinking it's Goku, realizes its mistake, and then goes for Goku. So, Which, like, can it not distinguish between pure-hearted souls and inanimate objects? Are does... inanimate objects pure-hearted souls? Is it not is so Goku much that... on the level of bag? Are this the question yeah. you're asking? Is it not so... Is, yeah, pretty much, actually. Is it not that only the pure-hearted can ride the Nimbus, but that the pure-hearted are indistinguishable from inanimate Ooh, objects, like, which are okay? So, it's more like they're deceiving the Nimbus and thinking they're just like a rock or something? Do you think because Goku's personality is like a rock? <laughs> That. Simple and uncomplicated. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> just the Nimbus is like, that's fine. Yes, <laughs> next question. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, cool. Just making sure we're on the same all page right. here. Awesome. It does raise the question constantly of how sentient is the Nimbus. I feel like not. <laughs> uh, it's I about the same level as the rug from Aladdin, maybe? Yeah. Maybe a little less. Yeah, I feel like the rug kind of gets down with its bad self, where the Nimbus... Just has yet to get down whenever. with its bad self. Just kind of shows up whenever Goku tells it to. Yeah. yeah. H- hasn't yet. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, then we see Goku, like, flies over a herd of buffalo and, like, sails through some trees to get a snack. With the narrator being like, Goku takes nothing for granted. Which I'm <laughs> like... <laughs> telling, oh, no, not showing. Storing telling 102. Yeah, for real. It's, like, straight up telling us who Goku is, which we already know. 
Um, yeah, we're, but we're in this like, far. We know who the Goku is, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, Goku is truly serial extraordinary. Molester. Yeah, serial molester Goku. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's Put that he on his business up. card. <laughs> that's when Goku opens up his dragon radar and he sees the glowing Dragon Ball, which at first he's like, what? is this broken? Which, like, Fair point. Did Goku ever learn how to use the radar before he flew off? With no. It? I believe, no, no. I believe Chi-Chi, not Chi-Chi, sorry, Bulma explained it to him. Like, bef- well, like I feel like a few times was like, hey, this is how it works. Like, you can zoom out, zoom so, in, you can see where the dragon is. See, like, this is how I found your house. Like, I think she like, well, described it I don't it think he remember. I don't think he remembered that, though, because last episode, Bulma, like, gives him the radar, and, she's, and before he flies away, she's like, you know how to use that thing? And he goes, don't worry, it can't be that hard to figure out. Yeah, it's true. Goku is stupid. I have always, I always underestimate his inability to figure out how to walk up the stairs. Yeah. So oh, honestly, yeah. I, so honestly, I'm just shocked that he knows how to zoom it in and out, and hasn't yeah, like, tried to point. yet. Honestly, same. But that's when we cut to the night of Goku in his Ozaru form, just wrecking Pilaf's castle. Uh. Only to realize it's all from Pilaf's perspective, and this is actually like Pilaf's nightmare. Um, that's when Shu comes in, alerted by Pilaf's night terror, uh, and it's just, like, telling him, like, you're safe, you're safe, which, like, man, Shu's a good boy. Pilaf straight up has PTSD from what Goku did to his castle. (laughs) Yeah, I would too if a giant monkey man wrecked my castle. (laughs) I don't know if I'd have PTSD if a giant monkey man ruined my castle. I'd more be like, a giant monkey man ruined my castle. Uh, that's pretty we traumatizing. Can't all, we can't all be made from the same stern stuff as you, Chase. Yeah, I know. I'm not scared of big monkey Goku. <laughs> as you and Shu and Mai, apparently, who don't seem to have the same yeah, level of I PTSD. feel like I've been like, what kind of Dragon Ball character am I? And I feel like I'm more like Mai each time she shows up. Not the man, the love- myth, the, leaven, le- the legend, Sherman Priest. No, I would never be like Sherman Priest. He has a weird, like weird racist town that I'm not a part of. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so Pilaf is like trying to hide that he was crying, but Shu, a non-toxic male, tells him it's okay to cry. Uh, that's that's when Pilaf sympathizes. So Shu is so good. She was the, good the single best character. Uh, Mai and Shu are two of the funniest characters in this show, hands they down. They really still. are. Uh, they are so good. They make the, the Pilaf gang so much fun to watch. Mm. Go on, sorry. I just you were going to anyway, bask in that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then Shu tells him that they picked up a Dragon Ball on their radar, which I remember was like a big-ass thing. Um, mm-hmm. That's when Pilaf starts to tear up a bit again. And Shu's like, are you crying? That's when Pilaf just smacks him with the slipper. Like, why? Come on. Uh, <laughs> why? Come on. <laughs> Pilaf then tells this? <laughs> Pilaf then turns and talks to the mural of Shenron that he has on his wall, which I guess he like he made had from to have memory. Made himself, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the the uh, best part is it's a pretty good painting. Yeah, oh, who did he hire? Uh, I think I like to think he drew it himself. He painted it himself oh. as part of therapy. As part of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely getting. We're gonna get to this in a second. Of like, who did he hire? The the idea of Pilaf's money. But give it a sec. Oh, it's true. Uh, it gets but he tells, out of control really yeah, quickly. He tells Shenron that he is his only inspiration, but Shu thinks he's talking about him, and he's like, oh, thanks. Then Pilaf goes to smack him again. But that's when Shu just, like, catches it, 
like it's like an old timey samurai movie with like the katana. <laughs> this is why is I this shut a whole fucking hole in my theory now. When we were all like, ha ha ha, Shu's not really a ninja, he just like had the costume. Shu might just be a ninja who's dumb. <laughs> I think I mean, he, he is. Ha- he has had a year to catch on. But that doesn't mean like, I mean, he could have also, he, but he's so stupid, though. I don't know if he could actually catch on, right? Like, Shu is preordained. He is Goku level dumb. Uh, but he's just know. nicer than Goku. I don't know, man. You Goku's a mean idiot. You get smacked in the head enough times over, over a year. You learn to block. Alright, it's fair enough. You know, I'll accept it. There's blocking, though, and then there is catching it. Yeah, he, like, fucking caught, like, a samurai sword. Like, he had come from the Shu village of samurai. Oh, yeah. That being said, it is just a slipper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he, like, was like, (laughs) and then caught it with his hands. Like, you couldn't hear my clap because of the video stuff. (laughs) Which Pilaf does congratulate him, like, on his abilities. And then yeah. while Shu is celebrating, Pilaf just smacks him again. It's like, come on, Pilaf. Never take your eyes off an opponent. Yeah, I think he's I think he's correct. He's now maybe this is Pilaf's way of training Shu to be the, the ninja he needs him to be. <laughs> abuse. Maybe. Keeps, yeah. Keeps abuse, abuse, yeah. Like any good yeah. trainer does. Like any good emperor. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. That's what, so Pilaf's like going on about how he's like, I'll get the Dragon Balls and conquer the world, and he opens the window, and then he goes like flying out of it. Which is when Shu, like, catches him because he, like, caught a curtain and he, like, grabs the other end of the curtain. And it reveals that they're in a floating air fortress. Which, like, where does (laughs) Pilaf get the money for this? I just like that it's apparently so high up that he just explosively decompressed out a window. And it's... It is a floating air fortress. How expensive is this thing? Apparently not very. Not that expensive. Yeah, they apparently just had the money for it. Yeah, they just built it themselves. You know, the Pilaf gang in a cave with a box of scraps. This is what they're known for. I mean, they made their own dragon radar. Yeah, I think they I think they outshine Bulma in terms of ingenuity with extremely limited resources. We do not know how limited their resources are. Yeah, actually, I would yeah, I would second that. Pilaf could just be like someone who saw like was into selling like financial real estate before the two thousand eight financial crisis and left. Honestly, that's probably it. Do we? Yeah, do that's. We think, do we think that Pilaf is basically just the monarch from the Venture Brothers? Just has a massive trust fund that he pours into his hobby. I. It has yes. to be. <laughs> that's the only way. Especially I assume with- his father was like a great king and conqueror. <laughs> Who owned, and now he just has like this pile of wealth, and he's like, "Well, my dad conquered, but like I want the Dragon Balls." And his dad in hell slash heaven, wherever you go, if you're a king conqueror, I don't know what Dragon Balls morality is. Just like I hate my son, you know. And that's why he keeps <laughs> losing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll get to Pilaf's money in like the next episode. But anyway, that's <laughs> true. Uh, just later this a, episode. I later think. this episode. Yeah, he yeah. just throws at some dude. I thought that wasn't until... We'll get there. No, that's this one. That's this one. That's this one. Um, But far below on the ground, we see a line of tanks, like, all bearing... Okay, narratively, we don't know this yet, but I know this because I know Dragon Ball Z. A bunch of tanks with a red ribbon army ribbon on them. Yay! Yeah, woo! They're getting started. And then we see, like... heroes! Yeah, like a guy with a jacket and a red scarf in a jeep who, like, might be their leader. We don't see his face. Um... And then it just cuts from that shot to, like, a kid with, like, 
like an Oliver Twist kind of look to him, uh, lying in the desert, complaining yeah. about being hungry. So he just like pulls down his cap. He's like, time to go to work. <laughs> really enhanced. <laughs> Before I knew what he meant by this, really enhanced the like, is this like a Charles Dickens novel all of a sudden? I'm going to go um, steal from these army boys. No, because not because absolutely nothing of consequence didn't happen for 200 pages. Can't be a Dickens novel. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Goku is now like swimming naked in a little little lake. Uh, his discarded stuff, yeah. Which Goku makes us two for two on up. Goku on Goku Dong. Really, three for three if we want to go back to the last episode of the tournament. That's also true. Um, so. Like, his discarded stuff is all kind of sitting on the side, and then the kid with the cap steals it. Kid starts running off, like, hoping to sell all of it for a high amount of money. <laughs> yeah, uh, he Goku... runs off cackling to himself, saying that he'll make a fortune all of his great stuff. At this point, Goku has on his person all of his gi, a quarter staff. I mean, it's the power pole, but they don't know that. And then what looks just like a fancy compass. <laughs> this, this is his great stuff that he is hauling away. Oh, yeah. That's what Goku gets on the Nimbus to hunt him down. But he can't find him until he does something, which I thought was actually pretty clever. Yeah, this, like, is smart, this is smart Goku maneuver. Yeah, where he just yells for power pull to extend. Which, like, then the pole just shoots, like, a hundred feet into the air mm-hmm. or more. Um, which Goku is able to find, like, right away. And the would-be thief is, like, freaking out. And runs off, having dropped everything but the dragon radar. Um, Goku doesn't find him. Oh, and he also loses a shoe as he runs off. The kid does. Uh, Goku grabs his stuff, and he can't find him, but he finds his discarded shoe, which apparently this kid smells like super bad. For like yeah, even this, by Goku's this standards. gets a bit get gets a bit weird for me because like this is a poor kid, so like he can't you mm-hmm. know, he's, he can't do much. And anytime he comes by, like, you dis- smell disgusting. And I'm just like, it's getting a bit weird now. Like, we've now Finally, gone over yeah. it a few times. Like, like Finally, I get it. I understand what Parasite was about. Yeah, right? Like, this feels like the movie is, Parasite a little bit. It is it's literally like beat a for bit beat for Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zach, for, like, making me, like, understand why I was like, this feels weird and familiar in a bad way. Thank you, You're Zach. You're welcome. Yeah, at the end of the episode, when it said directed by Bong Juno, it finally, like, clicked <laughs> it for me. Clicked. <laughs> and when, uh, like, fucking that one kid came and just killed the merchant. <laughs> just stabbing uh, spoilers, him in the eye. Spoilers, we haven't gotten to that part yet. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Goku is now following the scent, because Goku is, like, part bloodhound. Um, we did establish Goku has That's, a crazy yeah. sense of smell already. That has yeah. been established. I'm just pointing out that it's funny. It is. <laughs> you are, and you are just completely correct. I, as usual. Oh, um, no. Meanwhile, Mai and Pilaf are walking through a town where their radar told them that the Dragon Ball should be. Uh, Pilaf is a lot more like cautious and paranoid now, like the way he talks in this scene. He's like, did you see what happened not- the last time? Yeah, like I get it. It's just, like, I didn't expect them to do, like, character development for Pilaf in any way. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's been through it now. Yeah. Yeah, dude our, our can't, like, can't little... sleep. Our little goofy dumbass has really been through the ringer. Yeah, he, he definitely, like, has 
PTSD, some like undiagnosed trauma now. Dude, everyone's terrible. like, haha, it's funny. I don't know if it's funny, guys, anymore. <laughs> yeah, like Pilaf just needs a therapist. Yeah. And um, a hug. And a hug <laughs> from his good buddy Shu, who's le- willing to let him cry. And he just Shu won't would do definitely it. hug him, yeah. Shu is not a toxic male. Shu is Shu a has, good man. Shu has been waiting for the opportunity to hug him over the course of his entire employment. Oh. oh, that's so cute. But back to the thief, uh, who is running to the same town that Pilaf is in, presumably. Uh, Dragon Ball radar in tow. Which he seems to think is, like, worth a lot of money. Which, like, he doesn't know what it is. It just looks um, like a compass, people. Yeah, Goku barely knows what it is. Uh... <laughs> That's when we cut back to the Red Ribbon Army guys who are now pulling up on, like, the same town. And they just full-on, like, go up and kick in a door. Like, this is like the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards. That was the exact same vibe that I got. But what if they're not... Oh, wait, no, this is like the beast. Yeah, I forgot. I've seen Glorious Bastards in a minute. took me to really catch up with that one. Yeah, yeah, everyone's hiding underneath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, So Red Scarf, which is what I was calling him at this point, is addressing everyone. Revealing that he's like looking for the Dragon Ball, and he's like, "I will, I will hurt all of you if you don't give me the Dragon Ball." Which, like, what reason does he have to suspect that they know where it is? He probably has uh-huh. like, the same intel Shu and Mai had. Yeah. Like, they're not always right. There's, there's, it's somewhere within a mile radius of this town. Yeah, it's like props to Bulma for not only being the one that can make the radar like pocket sized, but incredibly precise. Yeah, and not like hurt uh, people over it. Yeah. Well, she did uh, shoot Goku. Oh, Goku did deserved it. That was that was an <laughs> attempted murder, which we all agreed with. Yeah, <laughs> self defense. Yeah, he came in that car. Self defense <laughs> with vehicular homicide. Yeah, he walked right into that car. <laughs> that when you the, see, officer, the... I had to do it. <laughs> that is when the the father of the Just Dragon no Ball, or the father him. of the Dragon Ball, the father of the family, tells them that they don't have the Dragon Ball. So the mysterious commander is like, just break everything. Break all of it. No, he he goes, yeah. it's a shame for a kid to wait, uh, live in a, in a broken family. In a, <laughs> in a, in a broken, broken home. home and oh, then in a broken people home. to smash everything. Which is one, one of... That's a good line. And two, oh, yeah. you that literally. Yeah, yeah I thought pretty... he was going to just shoot the dad. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. yeah, this guy, the level of evil on display has really fucking jumped in this, yeah. in the beginnings of this arc here. And the Red Ribbon Army contrast. Is, yeah. a wide contrast the, between Pilaf and the Red Ribbon Army from com- comedic <laughs> Doofenshmirtz, I'll get you next time, Goku, and has a, and painted his own mural of Shinron, apparently, to, I, where's the nuts, where's the Jews hiding? <laughs> it is... Start <laughs> the the level we have gone to now. What has happened uh, to us <laughs> as a people? Uh, <laughs> but that's when I we just cut wanted back. to go on a mystic adventure. <laughs> I just wanted yeah, to go on. A I didn't want my mystic adventure to be like this. <laughs> um, We're all crying. This, this is when we cut back to the Charles Dickens kid uh, trying to sell the radar to some random store owner, and he's like. Uh, this isn't worth much, but in his head, he's like, this is worth millions, which, like, does he know what it is? No, he admits that he has, I have no idea what this is, but it must be worth millions. (laughs) Which is a big... It is a compass. 
Yeah, it's a big conclusion to jump to. Um, and yeah, he just pulls the straight up like pawn stars, like best I can do is 10 bucks. Um, <laughs> which the kid is like, whoa, what the hell? And then he's like, you know what? Fine. I'll just take the 10 zenny. And he's like, I won't have to eat onion sandwiches anymore, which like he eats onion sandwiches. How else would he get so smelly? Yeah. yeah I was like, I guess why he's so smelly. <laughs> yeah. I guess that helps with the, the parasiteness of them all being like, he smells. It's like, oh, he eats onions constantly. Yeah. He <laughs> has to eat relates. that to live. Yeah. It does relate <laughs> back to him just being poor. Yeah. <laughs> It's really depressing. Which, and everyone just like shitting on him for being poor. Yep. Uh, non-stop. Yeah, welcome to the 80s, folks. Um, <laughs> camera pans. Like literally just like does yeah. like a left pan and we see Pilaf and Mai are already at the same store with Pilaf <laughs> like putting on a crown and being like, does this look good? And, uh, you don't think the answer is yes. Also. <laughs> yeah. I do love you don't think it clashes with my outfit, do you? And Mai's like, I think it brings the whole look together. Uh, yeah, like, I love it Mai is the, so It is much. the size of his head. It is literally the size of his head. Same height, same width. It fits. It is the size of his head. Honestly, the biggest disappointment of this whole thing is that Pilaf does not keep the crown and wear that permanently from this point forward. Honestly. Yeah. Um, Pilaf just has nice minions. <laughs> He's just, yeah. <laughs> minions. Yeah. And that's when the store owner comes over and he's like, oh, that belonged to Alexander the Great, which like, whoa, this raises a lot of questions about not the Dragon Ball world for me. Not only was it Alexander the Great, he said it was Alexander the Great who, who conquered a great, a great empire 300 years ago. So we have gone from the ancient Greeks to freaking Dynacaps in 300 years. The only thing I can throw against this is he goes, um... It's like it's oh it's you know like it was built by uh like you know it's built it's Alexander the Great and then the guy goes and he goes like well in the back it says it's for Ralph <laughs> yeah Pilaf does point out it's for Ralph but still so I yeah. I think <laughs> this guy is just like made up I think like they're using Alexander the Great because we I think he just made up some dude named Alexander the Great to be like doesn't that sound nice. Oh, no. I did point out, he said he built a kingdom to the north of us, which means that they are either in, like, Africa or the Middle East. Um, no, they got, they like, have to be in Africa. Alexander went through the tour through the Middle East like paper. Yeah. I thought, like, the southern part of the Middle East he did not conquer. You mean the eastern part? I don't know. I looked up a map, and there was a portion of he the Middle like East right that was conquered. Through, he went right through Persia, which was pretty much most of the Middle East. That is true. Well, so, yeah, okay, he so stop somewhere... as, He couldn't go further and further as he, the yeah. supply lines got cut. Yeah, and then he died. I mean, there's some. He's somewhere in the yeah, south. Like cool of, they're somewhere in <laughs> Africa, south of Egypt, is where that puts them apparently. Or Alexander the Great is a an unknown character, right? That this guy made up to sound like this is a cool place, and the reality was Alexander the Great was just called King Ralph in this world. King <laughs> Ralph the Okay. Yeah. <laughs> King Ralph, like, not the best conqueror, but he got some work done, and, you know, he tried, and we all kind of had to respect that. Oh, yeah. They're just Which like, do what love... is he doing over there? He's doing his best. <laughs> Who isn't, I, dude? I do love that Pilaf, like, sees the Ralph thing, and then, like, the shop owner, like, tries to be like, uh, uh, that's just what they used to call him back in the day. <laughs> yeah, Alexander, Ralph, short for Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> and Pilaf is such a moron that he's just like, okay. Um, yeah. Mai is trying to talk him out of like buying this thing because Mai is smart. 
Um, but Pilaf's like, I can't rule the world without a proper crown, which, like, that's correct. He is right. Straight. <laughs> yeah. Pilaf is right about this, just wrong about this crown in particular. Um, back to Goku, who lands on, like, a random patch of desert following his nose under some, like, weird tree things. Mm-hmm. That's when he finds the thief just scarfing down some milk and some, like, dairy, like, some sweets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which Goku, like, runs at him, clutching his nose, which really says a lot about how smelly this guy is, because we've seen Goku take a bath twice. Totally. Yeah. Plus, we've, plus, like, he was in very close proximity to bacteria, so if this kid stinks in comparison to that... This kid could win the world martial arts this tournament if is, he can this outsmell bacteria. Is this bacterian. kid Bacterian's son, and is Bacterian just a bad father? I mean, yes, obviously Bacterian's a bad father, but That's the jury's true, yeah. out on this being his son. Yeah, I'm gonna just call that my headcanon. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I agree say you're right. Scene. Yeah. Um, and he quarters the thief, which, like, immediately tells him where he sold it. Well, first he's like, hey, you want half the money? Which I'm like, that was a nice offer. Um, five, ten bucks. Yeah, he's like, you want five zeddy? Uh, but then he's just like, where's the radar? And he's like, I, I sold it to a guy in town. Not very specific, but Goku seems to get it. Um, <laughs> just just back follow the smell. The story yeah. of Goku. He seems to get it. <laughs> back at the store, Pilaf like, wants to see if the store owner has the Dragon Ball because that's like what they're looking for. And my rightfully so is like, you should really stop telling everyone what we're looking for. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, the shopkeeper tells him that there's like an object in his store that is fit for kings only and it could give him the power to control monkeys. <laughs> Specifically, yes. Pilaf like, specifically asks if it could control big monkeys. That's how traumatized he is. That he's concerned that the Dragon Balls won't be able to stop Goku. These all-powerful, the, wish-granting Dragon Balls can't stop his greatest fear. And how dedicated to just uh, like really fucking with people that the store owner is. That he's like, yeah, sure, yeah, whatever, <laughs> kid. <laughs> That's what the pe- the shopkeeper opens up a box, and sure enough, it's the four-star Dragon Ball. Uh, which, yeah, Pilaf's like, you were right, Mai. Thanks, I usually am. Good, good report. Also, <laughs> before, we get, before we get too far away, this does brush up against the Alexander the Great thing. While the while the shopkeep is is digging around for stuff, we, he reaches his hand back, and we see a bag marked U.S. Air Force and U.S. Army. <laughs> yeah! And this is just, What? So not only does Alexander the Great maybe exist, the United States still exists. The United States existed at one point, which means there's like a Dragon Ball England. Did they go out and colonize half, like a quarter of the world again? Was there? A yeah, have you fucking war? seen this world? Of course, it's been colonized. <laughs> ah, shit, you're right. There's like a long. There's list a man of- named Sherman Priest hanging out like in an Indian town with Spanish cowboys. Like, I don't even know what level of colonization we're on, but it's at least galaxy brain level. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of questions about the history of the Dragon Ball universe that are not answered probably ever. (laughs) We won't be answering at this time. (laughs) (laughs) No further questions. Um, But I did love the my line of just, thanks, I usually am. Yeah, sir. that's it's a good <laughs> the really quick sir, and like she really is. Mai is the only competent minion. Shu <laughs> has a good heart, but Mai is like actually super competent. Yeah, uh, well, mostly competent. Yeah. Um, 
definitely the most competent, but that is a low bar with this gang. Um, and that's when the shopkeeper is like, uh, something about like, do you think you can afford it? And Pilaf literally just like throws huge stacks of Zenny at him. Which again, where does Pilaf get all of his money? Where Pockets. did he keep all that money? Yeah, Pockets. how did he earn it? Where was he holding it? And his crown. There you go. Figured it out. Got it. He didn't even own the crown. Keep the crown. And his actual crown. Like in his skull? You think those big ears are actually pockets? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have to assume <laughs> yes. Just going to take um, the yes on this one. <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. I can't. What, I don't know what else yeah. to do. I'm scared. That's when Goku arrives at the shop on the outside he grabs the radar off the counter outside that the shopkeeper just sort of set it down on after being like it's worth millions um, he's just like sick all right well yeah and he's like the dragon ball's right on top of me huh and he looks to his right and there's pilaf and my right <laughs> next to him and they both just like point at each other and are like ah <laughs> which is great um pilaf just like tells him to fuck off and my starts shooting at him I feel like everyone has the appropriate reaction. Yeah. Goku, like, dodges the bullets and just keeps yelling, like, how many stars are on the ball? (laughs) Like, realizing that there's four. uh, Starts chasing down Pilaf and Mai. Um, I love the implication that if they had gotten, like, the one or three star, or literally any other one, Goku would have just shrugged. Yeah, he wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Yeah. But because it's the four star, Goku's ready to kill them. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's his grandpa. Yeah, that's where the flying Pilaf death machine shows up to pick up the two with, like, a big-ass arm thing. Yeah, it just has a big hand now. Yeah, I love that, like, Pilaf buys all of his stuff from Acme, apparently. Yeah, it's it's not like a rope, it's not like a suction thing, it's just a big old scooper hand. Can we also agree that it's sick? (laughs) It's, like, a cool machine, yeah. I'm all in on Death Fortress. Yeah, the Pilaf Floating Death Fortress is a great, like, machine. And that's when Goku calls for his Nimbus and keeps chasing him, because he has not given up on this ball. No, of course not. He is far too stupid to give up yet. Yeah. On board the ship, Mai is telling Pilaf something's, like, off with the radar, which I do love. It's like, she's like, something, uh, sir, something's wrong. And, like, Pilaf looks one direction, and then Mai's like, I'm over here, and looks the right direction. Which I'm like, was this a... Was there just, like, some other line that was happening in this? Or is that the line in the original? And this is, like, a dubism? Like, I don't know. I, but it's very this funny. Ha- this, has, this has to be a dubism. I, I, it's too good. I think it's, like, specifically, like, just a good bit that Dragon Ball made. Sometimes they're funny, you know? Dragon Ball's a funny mm-hmm. show. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's, like, the radar is telling them that they're getting further and further away from the Dragon Ball, while they're you know there with the dragon ball in their hand Hmm. and then back at the shop we see the red ribbon men have arrived there and it turns out that the shopkeeper has just like a bunch of fake four-star dragon balls in a just like a a box full of them like hundreds of them um so he grabs a fake to give to the red ribbon army but also grabs his gun in case they like see through it it's just like, a damn. hell of a move from the shopkeep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just like, just in case, it gets These his guys, fucking piece. Yeah. Guys roll up in a tank battalion. He's like, well, better go rip him off. Yeah, with my, better rip him off and bring my one measly handgun in yeah. case they see through it. 
Bring my PPK. This can only go well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, this is going to be a good day. <laughs> that's when he hands nice. it over to... He hands the fake over to Red Scarf, who immediately, like, drops it on the ground because he knows it's a fake. He's just like, this isn't quite what I'm looking for, and drops it, and it shatters. Which we see that Pilaf and Mai have done the same thing, discovering that they just had a fake glass ball. Um, which still, like, excellent craftsmanship on the part of the shopkeeper. Yeah, this is actually, he's like, it's a priceless, fragile heirloom. It probably is, in some respects, a priceless, fragile thing because like that looks really well made mm-hmm. i don't know if you this is actually a good scam at all shopkeep mm-hmm. <laughs> how long did you it, spend making this it probably only paid off because pilaf threw so much money at him you think anybody <laughs> bought this before him no yeah. like who's buying dra- how do how do people figure out there's a dragon ball there is he putting up signs like i have four star dragon ball please come <laughs> and <laughs> get the dragon ball not many people know about like krillin a wizened young monk is like the hell's a Dragon Ball? And the only re- the only reason that the people think the Dragon Ball is there, spoiler for about five seconds from now, is that there's like a bird nest above his shop that has the actual Dragon Ball in it, just for some reason. So this yeah, guy begs like, the question: doesn't even have any bait for people to come for them. It begs the question: Did he ever find the real ball and then decide to make the fakes, or did he make the fakes that just happened to be like? exactly the same not only the same like a fake dragon ball but the same as the one that's above his shop these are um, the questions these are the questions that needs to be answered oh yeah <laughs> that's a red scarf is just like give me the real dragon ball and then he's like yeah they're like gonna arrest him because he's not gonna hand it over so that's when the shopkeeper draws his gun but red scarf shoots first i feel like you're uh, like and he drew his gun where i just feel like like they're oh they're gonna arrest him I thought they were just going to shoot him. <laughs> yeah, they were not arresting that man. That seemed they like either, they were like apprehend they were either one, this man. going to execute him on the spot, or two, drag him back to base to be tortured and then executed. Either way, yeah, I don't feel no like they have. This man. Like, well, you have now given them a state authority I don't believe they possess. <laughs> they just showed up well, in tanks, which is an authority unto themselves, I'll grant you, but. Oh, yeah. But Red Scarf shoots first, killing this man, which, like, holy shit, this might be the first on-screen yeah, murder. Really. Yeah, I think, uh, I certainly think so. the only, Certainly the first one with any actual weight put behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, good way to say he shot first, which is a Star Wars, you know, good Star Wars-ism. Because oh, he yeah, also because he goes, immediately says a Han Solo quote. Well, yeah, and also like does a Han Solo quote. Anyway. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, out loud to myself, I was like, what the fuck? Look, they yeah. can't all be winners. And that's where we finally see his face. And he's handsome! Oh ah! no, he's hot. <laughs> does he have a soul patch? I don't think he does. No. Okay, it looks like with the shadow, it's like indented chin, right? But it looks like a really crappy soul patch to me. No, I think it's I just think, a strong jaw. I think, honestly, this line, like the boring conversation anyway thing, is just like he vaguely looks like Harrison Ford in Blade Runner, but with bigger hair. Yeah, he's got and big no hair, and yeah, no probably. undershirt. And Can no he undershirt. Big? Um so I'm like maybe just the dub people were just like, yeah, Han Solo. Um probably. But yeah, or that's the people what we see. in or the people doing the Japanese were like, yeah, Han Solo. <laughs> they also did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the real line from the episode is. Yeah, right. Um, also, he's like is... big. His head's small, his body big. 
He's a, oh, he's yeah. a big lad. But that's when we oh, see that the real big lad. <laughs> this is when we see the real four star ball is in like a bird nest on the roof. And the wait, birds... was it a four star? I thought it was like a six it's star. Five, ball. It's the five. It's the five. Oh, it's the five. Yeah. I thought it was the four. Yeah, you're high no, out of your it's own. It's gourd, not even brother. the four star ball, which is even better. It's not even the one Goku's looking. I'm for. looking at an image of it right now. It's either a five or a six star. But Damn. I'm gonna go with five. So the picture was quite tessellated. <laughs> but that's when, like, startled by the gunshot, the bird carries the ball away, and that's the narrator freaking says, like, the future of this Dragon Ball is up in the air. And I was like, God damn it. Filler. And that's what we end on. <laughs> and that's when we get to episode 31. Wedding plans. Well, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, last episode. Sorry, sorry last page. episode. Um, okay, last episode, just like I overalls. Um, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like just filler to me because it does put us on this nice crash course. Oh, like, no. This is, like a, this is yeah. good filler. This is like, yeah, this is, like we're kind of leading happening. you to what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, something Which actually I, happened this episode, I and mean, it didn't end with our characters literally back where they started. I now, I'll love... have to see what episode 32 starts, but I think it's actually good, because if 32 starts with, like, a banger and I don't need this three episodes, I might be like, this isn't that great. But if it's, like, yeah. good lead-up, then I'll be happy. And I do love, we have this nice, like, three-way conflict already building, and, like, at the moment, nobody knows about the Red Ribbon Army. Goku doesn't know, and as far as we can tell, Pilaf doesn't know, or at least doesn't know that they're after him. Yeah. Um, or that they're after the same thing right now. Uh, but yeah, I do love this. kind of like... tailing just close enough to not be seen. Oh, yeah. We're setting up this nice classic, like, treasure hunter-ass storyline with, like, these three people who are all, these three groups that are all vying for the same thing. Um, which should be fun to watch them all come into conflict. But Storytelling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So that's when we open up episode 31, Wedding Plans, with Goku, who is still in hot pursuit of Pilaf's Flying Fortress. Uh, sorry, the Pilaf Flying Death Fortress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he does call the ball Grandpa again during this. It is yeah, weird so that he point, keeps doing that. Yeah, he says, give me back my grandpa. Pilaf, like when they run into each other outside the shop last episode, I remember. He's like, give me back my grandpa. And Pilaf's like, what? This isn't your grandpa. I meant my grandpa's Dragon Ball. Yeah. And so, like, even for Goku, it's interchangeable. Jeez. Yeah, I think it's just like, oh, it's just sad, you know? Mm. He's kind of feeling that's, for him now. Oh, yeah. But this is when we cut back to the guy petting. I want to pause. Like, weird. Okay. I fucking cried laughing because it said previous on Dragon Ball, and it just said, Goku, I'm coming! And then, like, a comma. I died. It just actually killed me. <laughs> so I was, like, just sitting there, like, eating a pizza. Uh, slice, not a whole one. That's a, no, I'm not going. I'm not that depressed yet. He's not Goku. Um, yeah, I'm not Goku. And I sit in there and it just goes. I'm like a little bit far away from my phones. I have my headphones in. I'm like trying to get the pizza out. Blah blah. blah get out of the microwave. And I just hear previously on Dragon Ball. I'm coming, Grandpa. And I fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> fucking broke down. Had to pause the show. It was too much for me. I don't know if I'm a child, which I am. But oh my <laughs> god. A big boy. Yeah, it was here a comes a large lad. It was a. It, it is funny. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, that's when we we cut to the command room with the guy petting the bat cat, uh, and we see a Dragon Ball tracking map, which that's when we learn that Red Scarf's real name is Commander Silver, which I do know this is a trend with the Red Ribbon Army, where everyone is just rank color. Yep. Um. <laughs> So his boss sees that the Dragon Ball is moving, 
and he tells them to like notify Commander Silver. And he also reveals that he wants to get the Dragon Balls to wish for world domination as well. Uh, so it seems like I can't, I can't root for him. He has a weird Irish question. Yeah, this accent, accent is bad. Yeah, it is bad. I don't, I don't know what they're going for. I'm not sure the guy doing it doesn't knows either. Yeah, it feels yeah. like oh, here we go. It's like Irish accent. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I can do it. And then like they're like first take. They're like, don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, but and he's, he's like, like okay, insistent. and he kind of keeps doing it, but they're like, we can't, like, it's like it's not good enough for anyone to get mad about, right? Now it just sounds like mm-hmm. it's something else. It's just somewhat yeah. there. Oh, yeah. He's just vaguely Irish-ish, maybe? Yeah. But that's when he calls Commander Americanized Silver. Scottish. <laughs> Americanized Scottish. Americanized <laughs> Scottish. He calls Commander Silver and tells him the Dragon Ball is, like, going this direction. Which I'm just like, man, he wants world domination. I have yet to see another military power in this world. It seems like he could just have it right now. <laughs> uh, it seems like really nobody's going to stop him. Yeah, but that's so much more men and material, and it's just easier to summon a dragon, you know? This is true. Yeah, I wonder uh, if they just, like, they just, like, they're all lazy. Probably. <laughs> yeah, Pilaf obviously has a lot of money, which question, like, why does he only have two minions if he has all this fat cash? I feel like he has hard to find issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, Goku could argue he still hasn't found good help. (laughs) I would argue he's found good help. He's a. I'd argue he's found great help. He's a bad manager. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's for sure. He has somehow bumbled his way through like a Craigslist ad into the two best possible minions, (laughs) and is just fucking it up. Well, okay, Shu's pretty bad, but like Shu is a good heart. (laughs) Mai is the best possible. Yeah, Shu's the person you're literally never gonna promote, but you want to stay at your job forever. Yeah, but anyway, I think they're okay with that too. (laughs) Yeah, we have Goku flying after the Death Fort. But he sees that the Dragon Ball is, like, somewhere else. But he's just like, ah, radar must be broken, because I saw him with the ball. Uh, which, like, yeah, you know, that one, I, I would say dumb Goku, but that's, like, a fair assessment to be like, I saw the ball, they have it, it must be there. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea yeah, of I a mean, fake Dragon Ball has never happened so far. Yeah, I mean, like, he well, is definitely I, stupid I, for mm-hmm. taking this baby. He's like, hmm, weird, this. But, like, of, we, I, this is within parameter of Goku being stupid. Like, it's just, uh, it's just that's just Goku. Yeah, but it's not like Goku being stupid. It's like Goku being kind of stupid, but like I can understand the thought train here. Um, I guess. Yeah. Pilaf on the inside is just like screaming, lamenting his bad luck. And then he sees Goku's face just like pressed into the window. Yeah. Hey guys, <laughs> what are you doing? Um. So he opens the window again <laughs> to tell Goku to screw off. But then he just goes flying out the window again because he did not learn his lesson the last time. And there is no curtain to save him. But thankfully, Goku's a good guy. So he follows him on the Nimbus and he's just like, what do you want? He's like, look, I'll save you if you give me back the Dragon Ball. Goku just starts playing hardball. Yeah, which he does try to tell him it's a fake. Like, Pilaf does try to tell him that it is a fake Dragon Ball. But he's like, I'll I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Save me. Yeah, you're going to kill me. So I'm just going to, I will be like, yeah, you can uh, just save my life. Jesus Christ. I'll tell you whatever you want. Yeah, this so child sure is enough, trying to murder me. <laughs> sure enough, Goku catches him and brings him back to the Pilaf Death Fortress. Do you fortress. think Goku would have not caught him? I don't. I don't know. Hmm. He seems uh, capable of not catching him. Honestly, I'd put it at a fifty-fifty. Yeah, I put it at fifty-fifty too. I'm it depends scared. on if he's. It depends on if he's hungry or not. Is this the begin. Mm. Is this the true Goku Black coming out? 
<laughs> no, Zamasu isn't here yet. Uh, no, Shu Chase. And Ma- <laughs> Shu, and, Shu oh, no. and Mai are now like gluing the Dragon Ball back together. Which Being I like, man, love. I hope we got all the bits. <laughs> just like they're just—he said he's going to give it to him. So he's going to give it to him. He's not going to now that he's on the ground explain that it was a fake. Just like, well, screw it. Just just put it back together. Maybe you won't notice. <laughs> Smart for them. Goku's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they they glue it back together, and he just hands it to Goku. Goku's like, it's it's cracked, and I'm like, you know, there's only so much Shu and Mai can do. Uh, the fact it that looks, they got it, they the got sh- really well back together too. Yep. Yeah, the fact that they got it back as well together as they did is nothing short of impressive. <laughs> um, and then Pilaf's just like, "Hey, go, shoo, leave," <laughs> like closes the window on him, and just pieces <laughs> out. Goku's like, uh, and the fortress like speeds up, which causes Goku to drop the ball, and he does manage to catch it before it hits the ground, but it just explodes in his hands, which like Goku's hand should be full of broken glass right now, but he's just like, what? Well, if bullets you don't, don't broken enter them. glass would affect him. Fair. Goku is made of titanium or something. Goku is as hard as steel. I was yeah. just about to say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh yeah, but that's when we cut to a small town where Chi Chi and the Ox King have given up his the, the Ox King has given up his evil ways and now like has made good with the local village murdering everybody around him so much I, that there are decaying skeletons littering the town. I now he's given I, up his evil ways. Now I've had a weird thing writing down notes for this show lately as I pull out my two pieces of paper. There's a weird royalist bent in this show lately. For this filler, <laughs> where like episode 30, the merchant was like, yeah, that's right. If you're going to fucking rule these plebeians, you got to have like this stuff. And now they're like, the good ox king just doesn't kill people. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's up with this place anymore. I will, gi- I will give it to you on the ox king. The other one is clearly just the shopkeep just like feeding but he, into his But he ego. sells it so hard, I think he believes it. I mean, maybe, but he's also just like, a con artist so do you think i think con artists, well. i think con artists are the true royalists in our hearts and minds oh damn and um, souls yeah Wrong. i do love that they point out this village is where firebout used to exist <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, our homes where the fire was that killed yeah. everyone because you're because... a greedy king <laughs> yeah uh, and that's when Chi Chi is like missing Goku, pining for Goku. Horny and for the Goku. Ox King tells her, Hey, our old housekeeper's a psychic. Just pulls that out. Just very out casual. That's when they, they go to the psychic who's like doing her thing with like the, the auguries and whatnot. And it's just like, Yo, Goku's on his way. Will you help this lovesick fool? Yeah. Which is an and exact then, line she uses, and I love it. It's very good. Chi-Chi's super excited to marry him. As the Ox King points out that she's like way too young to marry. But is then really quickly convinced otherwise. They go real far into, I don't know about child marriage, to let's do a child marriage. (laughs) Yeah, except the Ox King was the one who planted this seed way back when we first met him. Yep. Like, the Ox King was like, hey, you seem like a good boy. You should marry my daughter. Like, the third or fourth sentence out of his mouth. 
it is very quick that he gets to marry my daughter. It's very marry quick. My and, daughter? Then, and then suddenly he's like, oh, you're a little young, aren't you? Like, dude, make up your mind. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. But Definitely, we get, we get very heavy into child marriage territory. Oh, yeah. And then we cut away from the child marriage territory for a second to Commander Silver, who's now in a sick jet, just yeah. searching for the Dragon Ball. And they catch up to the bird holding it, which, like, they have, like, a targeting computer that just, like, locks on. <laughs> but before they can do anything, a pterodactyl swings by and eats the bird. And then the tarot gets killed by a giant boulder thrown by the Ox King. <laughs> Uh, it's like an incredible which, confluence of dumb, and you're like, yeah, yeah it all makes sense. Uh, even, the, uh, even Commander Silver just like blinks and goes, wait, what just happened? <laughs> what so the Ox King just picks up the dead pterodactyl by the neck and is like, this will make for good wedding food. And like goes, he has no idea there's a Dragon Ball in this thing. And the red ribbon, like wedding food. The Red Ribbon pilot identifies the Ox King as the Ox King, who is powerful. <laughs> And Commander yeah. Silver also knows who the Ox King is, and he's like, our job just got harder. Which I'm like, you have an army of tanks at your disposal, and you're this scared of the Ox King? How powerful is the Ox King? Well, remember, How notorious is the Ox King? Remember, earlier when Goku went to Fire Mountain, Oolong knew of the Ox King, was like, the Ox King's super strong. And when Goku went to fight him, he hit the Ox King, like fought him, but Ox King did not get hurt. That yeah. is true. Plus, That's he like, did train under Roshi. Yeah, he's, was, he's got some skill. I was just surprised skill. how notorious the Ox King was. I didn't think he was this widely known. It's got to be like dick. if you work under Roshi. Like, Roshi is extremely well known within the martial arts community, which I assume everyone who is in power for some reason knows of, right? Mm. Except when you get everybody, later in the everybody show, knows when Fu. literally no one knows what those things are for some reason as time <laughs> goes on. Um, but I do. Ev- everyone's like, fuck. That yeah. guy worked. I do love that this continues because we cut to Pilaf, who is like there tracking yeah. the Ox King. Who <laughs> Mai is like, the Ox King is a ruthless, powerful tyrant. And Pilaf's like, I, I'm not going to be stopped by a cow man. Let's go get He it. does say, yeah, I'm not stopped by the cow man. <laughs> <laughs> and then after Mai and Shu are just like, no, the Ox King is serious. Like, the Devil not- King. Yeah. The devil... Do you not know who this is? Pilaf's like, uh, maybe we could chill out for a sec. Um, <laughs> so that's when the Ox King and the villagers are preparing for Chi-Chi's wedding. We're back there now. And Ox is just super nice. Which, I, I don't know if they're nice back to him or just scared of him. I think uh, it's the latter. Yeah. The villagers. I think I the villagers love... <laughs> are all... Ro- I think this show's a royalist villain. I'm, this is where I'm taking my flag. <laughs> I think I everyone love... loves the good king, but no one wants to change feudalism. Oh, yeah. This does eventually come to, though, one of the workers on the roof being like, Hey, what's that coming towards us? And it's the giant flying death fortress of Emperor <laughs> Pilaf. And Pilaf's like, all right, guys, we might not survive this, but let's go attack. <laughs> and like, But then he sees that they're rolling out the welcome wagon and being like, hey, what's up, Goku? Welcome. Yeah, it's weird they think Goku's in a flying fortress. Yeah, but well, like, they don't no. know what Goku's been doing since then. They knew he was yeah, after but the like, Dragon Balls. Maybe this is what Goku If Thomas, for. if you came back from LA, right? You drove there. I saw you. You were like, goodbye, Chase. I love you. And I, and I looked away forlornly when you left. 
Uh-huh. Um, but you, as exactly happened. It's exactly what happened. You come back in a flying fortress. I would have questions. Just like in a Gundam. Yeah, you're like, hey, Chase, I'm back. And you're like, and then I was like, what the fuck happened? And you're like, well, dude, you don't know what I've been up to. I'd be like, this is not adequately <laughs> explain what just happened. Yeah, that's fair. Let's go to Torchies. Yeah. To be fair, he was going to hunt for the Dragon Balls, and maybe he thinks Goku wished for a flying death fortress. I would. They all, the all things Goku would. wanted. <laughs> um, Food, his grandpa, and a death fortress. These yeah. are what's best in life. This is when Live the Ox moss. King now is like looking through the the little temple to be like, Where, "Where's Chi Chi? Where's Chi Chi? Where's Chi Chi?" And she's like, "Oh, she left to go get flowers." And the Ox King starts crying over how fast his daughter's <laughs> growing up. And I'm like, "Aw, it's You're very doing funny." This yourself? Yeah, you are deciding to marry her off, but aw. Uh, meanwhile, Pilaf is like, "Well, let's take advantage of them thinking we're Goku," and he describes Goku. Or Shu is Goku with a complete with a plastic Goku head that he just, just has straight up just a <laughs> rubber mask that covers his entire head. He looks like friggin' like an Astro Boy from Hell wearing that thing. It's so, so funny. good. Like I, I, even even they draw it like super smooth, so you can obviously tell it's just so fake compared to everything else. I, I love, love it. Everything so much. about yeah. this disguise. Fake it's Goku so is funny. a better Goku. <laughs> he is. It's got a much uh, bushier tail. Mainly because it's Shu on the inside. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's a good person. Yeah, Shu's a good boy. Um, Shu is worried because he's, quote, a bad actor, which I'm like, oh, Shu, you're doing your best. But Pilaf tells him to just get his shit together. <laughs> so get your get your shit together. <laughs> he doesn't say you're your acting shit together. Like, he had, but he basically... It, I like the reasoning that it has to be him because he's the only one that has a tail. Uh, which is super funny, even though the tails are very different. They are so different. One's like but a bushy they... fox tail, the other one's a monkey tail. Oh no. Yeah, to be fair, Goku became the Ox King. The Ox King only god. met Oh god. To be fair, the Ox King only met Goku the one time, so he'll probably just remember like pointy hair has a tail. <laughs> Isn't uh, point. Yeah. <laughs> Fight's uh, good. <laughs> Yeah, so this is when the Pilaf Death Fortress lands at the open doors and everyone's like, oh, yay! And they're all immediately convinced that Shu is Goku. Uh, which is when Shu and gang discovered that this is a wedding. And they're like, oh, 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 shit. Yeah, like, oh, no. you? yeah, That's when everyone's like, wait, who are you two? And they're like, we're Goku's cousins! Really good yeah. cover. Really good cover. Yeah, yeah that, a, that a blue imp man and a regular human woman can both be related to Goku. Though, therefore, Goku has a tail. That's believable. Yeah, honestly, Goku's <laughs> fucked up. Look, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, cousin, ha- cousin has just enough separation that you can believe anything. Oh, yeah. That's when Goku takes a landing to stop and eat. Because uh, he has two character traits. <laughs> one's yeah. punch he eats and one an entire eat. apple, chews it up, and then manages to spit out the core just perfectly. It's really impressive. scary. I ain't even uh, mad. I, that's just impressive. Yeah. But they do reveal that the lake he decides to eat at happens to be where Chi-Chi is picking her flowers. And he calls out to her. He's like, hey, Chi-Chi, it's me. Goku. Yeah. I am honestly shocked he remembers her. I do love... This reunion is it's really kind of sweet. Um, and, like, Chi-Chi's like, I didn't think this day would ever come. And Goku's like, well, yeah, tomorrow always comes. That is some level of thing he said that's deep. But he has no idea what how deep he just said it was. You know, oh, Goku, like, you, oh Goku, you ignorant savage! <laughs> yeah, 
he is in fact accidentally super deep yeah um, i then chi chi like tries to like sweetly be like oh shut up and like bops goku which goku goes flying like 20 feet <laughs> which puts her somewhere around nam's power level on the yeah. scale <laughs> she is uh, strong which yeah actually she's probably stronger than nam because she did probably. this unintentionally yeah she was trying so to goku, like goku wasn't ready for it though Fair, but she's also tried to sweetly pat him and has the a level of strength and power to throw him back. You think when they she's can't not... touch any of the villagers for fear that they accidentally like shove them into a wall? Possibly. I think like, also... Goku knows how to bring his power level down, but does Chi-Chi understand that ability yet? You know, that's the question mm. being asked here. She might, but only relative to the Ox King, who is also immensely powerful, and I imagine never drops below a certain level. Or at the very yeah. least is incredibly sturdy. So, like, True. if she ever, like, play fought with the Ox King, like, the Ox King could destroy worlds. But he knows to held back. He loves his daughter. Yeah. Um, so, much little... that he's, so much that he's marrying her to the first boy he met. Exactly. Another tough boy. <laughs> but she's a little embarrassed that she heard him being like, I gotta be more ladylike. Which I'm like, no, Chi-Chi, be strong. Um... <laughs> But well, Goku that, gives. You can say yeah. that. The story does not agree with you. <laughs> Goku does give her an apple, though. Which is like, holy shit. Apple. Goku would not give up food to many people. That is. That means a lot. That's true. That does mean a lot. In a weird way, you've now and turned me to be like, this seems all one sided, but he did give up food, which means something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I think that's honestly like a level of love from that is Goku's love language in a weird way. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So then we cut back to the wedding party where Shu is like worried. He's like, I don't want to marry someone I don't know. But Fair. Pilaf is like, dude, we're just gonna run whenever we get the the ball. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you forget the plan? We're dying and dashing, married. Mm -hmm. uh, Shu cannot do a Goku voice. Nope. Like, whenever Ox King, like, pats him, he tries to respond. But the Ox King doesn't seem to remember what Goku sounded like anyway. Uh, nope. Because he's convinced by him being hungry. And yeah, that's which it. honestly is the best Goku impression. Yeah, that's like, yeah. that's a perfect character trait. He nailed it on accident. <laughs> by Shu being as dumb as Goku, Shu has <laughs> accurately, re like, done done Goku correctly. Oh, yes. That's Great what... minds think alike. Yeah, that's what so outcomes. Say. Oh, yeah. So out comes the food, and the Ox King offers up a toast. He's like, may all your days be bright, and your battle short. Cheers! <laughs> just really quickly that one, adds That's a good that. one. It's yeah. a good one. Everyone cheers, which to me just cemented, like, I think they're all just at least a little bit afraid of the Ox King still. Yeah. Um, did you see, the, I th did you I th see th the pile of skeletons? <laughs> yeah, did you see the skeletons? I think they're all just happy for Chi-Chi, who seems to be the liked one. You know, they're like, all right, Chi-Chi's getting, like... A total himbo, so, like, it's fine. <laughs> God, you're right. <laughs> Goku's pure stupid and only gets increasingly more attractive as time goes himbo. on. Yeah, yeah. He literally now they stays see... peak attractive till he dies, almost. <laughs> Depends on if you follow the Dragon Ball Online continuity. But what? that's a whole nother discussion. No, we're getting into it now. I need to know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, according to the Dragon Ball Online continuity for the actual final death of Goku and Vegeta, both of them hit about the age of 80, which is when Satan... Satan's... Saiyans <laughs> start to age. 
yeah. like rapidly. So sensing that they're about to hit like the end of their ultimate power, Goku and Vegeta decide to go to like a galaxy, like a star system way the hell off and just have it out for their final battle. Okay. Um, With nobody holding back, just like literally fighting to the death to see who's the best. Um, Which all they report is that a lot of like supernovas are recorded in that area <laughs> of the universe. Yeah, some <laughs> shit went down. <laughs> Yeah, we don't go so that there is, anymore. That is the ultimate fate of Goku and Vegeta, according to the Dragon Ball Online continuity. That sounds about right for like what. Honestly, would write. Though, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah, like a really. good, decent ending. Okay, but go. No, I meant like <laughs> um. See- I just meant more like like what you said. Like, where I just meant like he's gonna look good till he pretty much dies, right? Like, yeah. Fuck Saiyans me. don't. Saiyans I hit wish. twenty, then like stop aging until they hit eighty, and then age a lot. Or 60. It's either Though 60 it is or funny how much Goku does look like a 40 to 30 year old in shape as time goes on. Fair. I think, okay, it's not that they don't age, but they age very slowly. Yeah. They um, have super slow age disease. Yeah, which I know that like it. by the time of Dragon Ball Super Broly, Goku's about 48. Yeah. Um, but yeah. They see the roast pterodactyl at the center of the feast. Pilaf, Shu, and Maidu. And Pilaf, like, they know that the, that Taro ate the Dragon Ball. So Pilaf, Shu, or Pilaf tells Shu to be like, hey, ask for the big bird. Um, <laughs> and then, like, Ox King's like, oh, what? Don't keep secrets. We're about to be family. And Pilaf's like, oh, Goku's just shy to ask for the big bird because he's super hungry. Um, but he's like, you know, we're practically family, so you get the big bird. Which I'm we like, all Man, get the big bird. The Ox King is kind of the best now. Um, I mean, he's he gives the him a, Yeah, he gives him a pat, which causes Shu to go flying across the room, just like, <laughs> you know, like father, like daughter. Um, and the Goku head shoots right off. And then yeah. Pilaf's oh God, like... He decapitated oh. Goku. Yeah, Pilaf's like, look, a flying pig! <laughs> Ox King immediately looks. Um, <laughs> eh, good job, Ox King. Honestly, because if they someone put it, shouted that and just at a wedding, I probably would too. Yeah, yeah I'd look I too. do love the Ox King looks for a, a pretty long amount of time as they shove the Goku head back on Shu backwards, might I add, mm-hmm. which disturbs all the wedding guests who are watching this happen. <laughs> yeah. But Ox didn't see this happen. He's just like, hold on. Pigs don't fly. <laughs> Wait a minute. Good You're not enough. Goku at all. <laughs> and that's where the wedding party is interrupted before the deception can be discovered. Thanks to the Red Ribbon Army blowing a hole in the wall. <laughs> they, also they know known how as to the just... Aquaman scene transition. Yeah, really. Uh, there should have been just like one really long tracking shot here that's just kind of unnecessary. Um, the Ox, <laughs> Ox King grabs his axe and rushes down an army of actual tanks. Just charges down a tank battalion with a one-handed axe. And is winning. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, is, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> the Ox King has arrived! As just, yeah, as he's ripping them apart, being like, I, I won't let like, you ruin the wedding. I would, again, like in, like to refer to the skull pile that he had before. Yeah, but there weren't tanks, like blown up tanks in that pile. Like, the Ox King is... Yeah, wow, they should have used picked... those to build his house. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, they should have picked Ox King for the Universe 7 team. That's what I'm learning through all of this. Um, Can we ever that's really when Silver's, yeah, Silver's like, I got this. And he grabs some kind of laser bazooka and just hits Ox King right in the freaking eyes with it. <laughs> um, which, 
I do love that he then shoots him with a net. Well, we got hits him in the eyes works. and goos yeah. him. It's a goo yeah, gun. Goos him. It it's looks a like a merry-go-round gum. Oh, I was looking down. I was looking down to take my notes. Yeah, he just like part. goos him in the face with a rocket launcher. Yeah, he got gumanji. I don't know. I got nothing for this. I'd lost it there. Really, the <laughs> old was, goo you did your best. Combo. You did your best. Yeah, I did my best. Uh, but that's when also for the first time, Commander Silver officially calls them the Red Ribbon Army. That is like the first time somebody verbatim says. Ha, ah, no one can defeat the Red Ribbon Army. No, no, it's never tangle with the Red Ribbon Army. See, because he caught him in a net, and he got him yeah, tangled up in the net. You're right, you're right. Uh, but that's, that's when we stuff. go back to the, the party room, which, like, right before this, Pilaf is just like, the distraction, let's grab it now! Um, and then back to the party room, Pilaf crawls out of the pterodactyl with the Dragon Ball, just in time to see the Red Ribbon Army tearing through the town on the hunt for it. Which Pilaf just starts booking it to the fortress where Shu and Mai are already waiting, and he just barely makes it inside as a hail of gunfire hits the closed door. They are out of their league entirely. Oh yeah, they know. They're like they saw this. Yeah. They're like done. We're out. I don't know what the flying fortress can do because we don't see that yet. But they're like, I'm out of here. Yeah, they Bye, just everybody. peace out. Yeah, have a great time. Um. Uh, so Chi-Chi and Goku are still over-talking, and Chi-Chi's like, I want a big family. Goku's like, I was asleep and didn't hear you. <laughs> and then she super love-pats him again. And Goku's like, stop hitting me! <laughs> this, is, this is getting abusive. Sadly, this sums up their relationship for the next 40 years. Yeah, pretty much. And Goku gets up and sees smoke coming from the town. Um, and they also see the peel-off death fortress rising from the smoke. As in Goku calls the Nimbus and they rush to try to see what's happening. That's the end of the episode. So, third episode here. Now the pieces are all starting to kind of come together. We're starting to see, like, okay. Now we had the three-way battle for this coming in. Now we're seeing all of those forces starting to converge. It's also interesting because now we've got, like, I'm assuming we'll see... That, like, Chi-Chi's, like, a bigger part of this story? Because, like, we don't have Bulma, Poir, and Co. around. So is Bulma, or is Chi-Chi going to kind of take up the role of the support character for this arc? Hopefully. Um, I mean, she has that head laser and boomerang thing going on. So we still have two more episodes of what would be considered filler, I believe, for this. Where Goku and Chi-Chi hang out, and I believe, like, you kind of see some stuff with more of the red ribbon army and then it kind of picks up to like there's like this is where it would naturally start if you read the manga um had to pronounce it wrong on purpose um and i believe that like i don't think chi chi's in that at all damn or not in it at the beginning unsure like it's been again like i remember the beginning of dragon ball quite a bit i know goku eventually wears like a russian hat and fights red ribbon army in the snow and i think that's coming up like that Russian hat thing we all oh, know we and get. love. The fuzzy that's hat. An and- that's when Android 8 comes in, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Awesome. That's like a whole, um, yeah, thing. That's a little disappointing. I like this, like, slow build-up with these two yeah, episodes. Yeah, I think, it, I think this works, honestly, which is surprising. Yeah, it offers, like, a nice lead-in with the Red Ribbon Army as villains. With, like, them just, like, barely off to the side. Like you're just like they're hmm. they're coming, and you you know they're coming, and you know that Pete oh, and because coming. 
everyone's looking for the Dragon Balls, or at least Goku's looking for one of them, um, you know that they're all going to collide at some point. Yeah, and the which percent is, is like an actual threat, as opposed to Pilaf and Co., who never really were. Yeah, yeah. Pilaf and Co. always just felt goofy and fun. Like, they never were really that threatening, but the Red Ribbon Army killed a dude. And yeah, took they down sh- the Ox King. Yeah, they're straight up ready to murk a fool. And yeah. I think it's more interesting because, like, you know, you come from the tournament arc and it's like no one's supposed to die in the tournament arc, right? Eventually this will change, right? Because as we all know, eventually tournament arcs turn lethal in Dragon Ball Z because that's the whole second arc. Um, but the, uh, but like, there's no, like, oh, you, you don't think, like, Master Roshi's gonna straight up murder Goku when they first start fighting, right? Like, you know like that he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to, yeah. yeah. But like, Commander Colonel whatever his face, Silverbolt, Commander Silver, Silver. Yeah. Commander Silver is like, I'll shoot Goku. <laughs> That's not gonna do anything, but he would but kill he Goku. Good. He would kill Goku if given the opportunity. Yeah. I dropped my phone now. And if he had just met Goku for the first time and all he knew is that he was also looking for the Dragon Ball, he would kill Goku. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Silver feels like a real threat. And also, like, nice, like, ominous tone with it in that, yes, Silver feels like a threat. Silver feels threatening. But we know he's just, like, the low rung here. Or at the Mm. very least, he is not the top of the totem pole. There is Definitely not. Yeah, not only is there an army with Silver, but there's an entire organization behind Silver. Yeah. And he's, the, he's like, the lackey dick in orders. Yeah. Which is, like, yeah, the tone shift here is impressive, yet still fits. Like, it, it still, it doesn't feel like, oh my god, what is this? It it feels like he slots into the dragon world. Um, yeah. In, like, a fun and interesting way. And I'm I'm excited to see, you know, all right. We've moved beyond, like, a goofy fun villain and a low-stakes tournament arc. Now we got some high-stakes murderers here. <laughs> the stakes have just jumped up. And they will only go up from here. True. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, overall, like, yeah, the first episode was definitely filler-filler. But, like, Yeah, it's filler, but moments. in a way I, I like, because, like, I just like seeing Jiren. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, all. once things actually started happening in the first episode, I was fine with it. But the first, like, 15 minutes of a 22-minute episode were pointless. Yep. Yep. But then uh, the next two episodes, knowing that they're not in the manga feels weird. Because they feel like a nice way to introduce the Red Ribbon Army and to slowly bring them into the story. Yeah. So I'm a little I'm, disappointed that yeah, that isn't in actually, the manga. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to see, like, how I feel when the episodes start that are gonna be about the Red Ribbon Army if I still yeah. feel that way. But like if we like just a get fun... like a Yeah. Yeah, if we just get like a reintroduction to them, that'll be annoying. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious to see what their quote proper introduction is. Yeah, I wanna know what that's all about. I don't know what that's all about. Oh yeah. <laughs> Enough. Uh that wraps it up for this episode. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. Um and yeah, we'll see you next time on the next world's greatest world's strongest podcast. I want you to say the next episode up the name. of world's greatest po- you fucked it up so bad I'm so mad right now I'm actually I'm sorry I'm sorry life exactly oh my god I'm job. ending this I'm turning I set the stop button <laughs> well bye everybody <laughs>